0: Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to the New Birth Podcast. There's a word of hope for you today, and we are excited for what God is doing here at New Birth. For more information, visit our website, nbplaceofhope.com. Now for the message by our senior pastor, Gabby Mejia. Super excited this morning, because we're going to start a brand new sermon series. Who's excited for a new series of talks at our church? Super excited. And. They already have it up. The the kind of vision and direction we're going to be going in the next three weeks is is, is the word seek. Somebody say it out loud. Say seek. Right now, Pastor Gabby, our pastor. Make some noise for our lead pastor. Come on, somebody. Make some noise. He's right now in Virginia. And, uh, man, we can't be selfish with our pastor. The world needs him too. Amen? we get we get comfortable. We got the, the, the most fuego preacher out right now every week. But he's a guest speaker at so many other places. So, man, we just we just pray for him, uh, my dad, and um, Petrie, my mom, that they have safe travel to come back Tuesday. Uh, so pray for them. But I'm going to be speaking, just launch off this new series entitled Seek. Somebody say it one more time. Come on, say Seek. The title of tonight's message is actually a Bible verse. It's Jeremiah 29, 13. It's a very famous verse. We're all really familiar with it. But I want to read it together. Let's all read that together all right it's really small um so let's all say it out loud with our lungs. just believe it today ready on the count of three ready one two three you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart man there is power in that in that verse right there there is power we're just going to jump into that that verse but man any analytical people in the house tonight any analytical people come on like question everything that's me so, when I read this verse, man, I, I want to start off on a weird note this morning. When I read this verse, I said to myself, can we put it back up? Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen. If you seek me, then you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Amen. I, I don't know about you. Anybody saved? Anybody said yes to Jesus? Anybody bowed their knee? When I read this verse, you with me? When I read this verse... I was, I was kind of, when I really looked into it, if you seek me, you will find me. Man, that's kind of confusing sometimes if you really think about it. If you seek me, you will find me. I don't know about you, but I, I'm the type of person that believes that that once you say yes to Jesus, everything's gonna get better, everything's gonna be good and God's gonna be with you. But man, looking at this verse, is actually saying the opposite. It's saying that you could love me, we can be in a relationship, but you still gotta do something. Man, that broke me. You could come to church every week, you could know every song, you could tweet, you could hashtag new birth, but there is still something you need to do. There's still some steps you need to take. Man, if anything, I don't think that saying yes to Jesus is the last level in the video game of life. I think it's level one. I think when you say yes to Jesus, you actually start the game and you start the seeking and he says listen if you seek me you will find me when you seek me with all your heart man if you even seek if you even seek me you'll find me that begs me to ask the question and and this is the question that society asks Christians sometimes and young people and young adults and and older folks and you you kind of don't really know the answer because the Bible talks about a God that meets you where you're at a God that takes over your mind, soul, and body, but then the, the Bible also talks about how God is actually something you need to seek after. So the question is, and man, I hope that we bring it round town all day today, but the question is, is, is God lost? If I am a Christian and I need to seek, is God lost? Man, I've communicated, and I don't know if you've ever been around people who don't believe in a God, atheists, they, they speak to me and usually the reason why they're atheists is because of something they've been through that God didn't intervene in. Something they went through and they said, man, if there was a God, he would intervene at this moment. People look at what's going on in the nation, they're like, yeah, there's a God, and where is he? Is God lost? Because you're seeking after him. Is he really here? Is he lost? And man, I think that question is a really good question. Is anybody with me? That's a good question. Is God lost? In other words, where was God when blank? Where was God when my mom died and it was just me and my dad and we grew up by ourselves? Where was my mom? Where was God when my parents died? And now I'm an orphan and I'm a foster child. Where was God when God, when when this happened in my life? Where was God when this happened? And sometimes, even as believers, we take this question and it seeps into our minds because we believe that once you say yes to Jesus, everything stops and God does all the, all the working. There's this misconception in church that once you bow your knee, God does everything else. And yes, he does to a degree, but man, there's also a 50-50 style relationship that it's a give and take and you get what you give and God is giving you new life, salvation and eternity in heaven, but get, man, God wants you to move somewhere He doesn't want you to stay where you're at. Is God lost? Good question. Man, here's my answer. If God is lost, then you are lost. If God is lost, then you are lost. That is a scary thing to say to someone who don't believe in a God. The truth is, I don't think that God is lost. I think that he's hidden. Somebody? That was the, the big point. I don't think he's lost. I don't think somebody lost God. I think God is hiding. And if you were to say that God is lost, but I think that you're lost. Let me show you why. Romans 14, 12. The Lord God, let's throw it up. Romans 12. It says in Romans 12, for uh sorry, Psalms 14:2. That's my bad. Psalms 14:2. The Lord has looked down from heaven upon the sons of men. So God is looking at earth. He's looking at all the men and and women in the earth. And this is what he says. He says, he's looking upon the sons of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. Hold that verse right there. So God is looking at earth. And he's looking for those who understand. And those who understand are those who seek after God. There's a correlation between understanding God's absence and seeking after God. Man, I really believe if you believe that God doesn't exist, you believe that God is lost, maybe you just don't understand what's happening. Maybe, just maybe, God is looking for Christians in 2017. to say, I understand that God isn't lost. I understand that he hasn't abandoned me. Listen, I got to seek after him. I have to chase after him. I have to do some things. I got to move away my calendar. I got to make some space to seek after God. There's a correlation between understanding what's happening and seeking after God. And then that brings me to this big thought. Do not mistake the absence of God with the existence of God. Whenever anyone tells you, man, where's God? He's absent. Listen, he may be absent, but he still exists. I believe that God isn't lost. I believe God is hiding somewhere. And yes, he meets you and he encounters you. But man, once you say yes to Jesus, that's not the finish line. You got to do some things. You got to go seek. And he's looking after those who understand this. And he's saying, come follow me. The absence of God and the existence of God are separate things. I don't know if you've ever gone through that season in your life. You believe in God, you feel God, but man, it's just you're waiting on some things. That's God existing but being absent. And what's happening is that separation, that is actually your place of growth. That separation that God says, okay, I'm going to step here. Come find me in this season of your life. That's actually your opportunity. Every time I notice that God is actually, I'm like, I can't really hear your voice. God's calling me to die to something. He's calling me to give something up. He's calling me to look at ministry just a little bit different. To see the true beauty of what it really is. He's calling me to, to, to really pray. You know, sometimes we get we get holy with our prayers. Oh, Lord, thou, Father, art. You know, but real prayer sounds like, God, help me. I need your help. Help me right now. I need you right now. And it's in that seeking. But I believe that God shows up in a beautiful, wonderful way. Do not mistake the absence of God with the existence of God. And here's the thing: a lot of us were waiting on God to burst through the through, through the heavens, to step into our world, and to just give us a message right there. And I, I think that that God is God is much more worth than that. Do you believe it? I believe He's worth more. Because here's the truth. I think that God is so beautiful and so good that he, he introduces himself to us, and then he steps back to see if that introduction was real enough for us to go chase him. I think that God introduces himself to us, and maybe that's that moment at the altar. Maybe that's that moment years ago. And, man, and you felt that, and sometimes I hear, I never felt that again. That's because God left, and you didn't follow him. He wants you to move. He wants you to seek. The truth is, is that nothing good is ever easy to get there's nothing good in this world that is easy to get and i believe the same thing goes with the things of the lord you have to do some things you have to sacrifice some things you need to step away you need to be holy you need to step away you need to to move up man i love the open room story they literally went up away secluded and god promised them something and they experienced it, but listen, nothing good is ever easy to get. my, my, my I, I, what? I got so much on my mind. I, I I give that advice to relationships. Nothing good is ever easy to get. And 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 and, you know, when we preach to young people and young adults all the time, this is my number one advice for the ladies. Right, ladies, stop asking out dudes, man. All right, let them chase. All right. Let them get that. Let, let them let them go run for that thing. All right. Let, you want my number? You want my number? Here's my advice. You know what my relationship advice is? Say no fifteen thousand times. Say no. Can I have your number? No. But I like him though. He's kind of cute. <laughs> Say no. Can I take you out? No. You're cute though, but no. What's going on? Can I can can I, can I hang out with you? Yeah, I, we meet Friday nights at 8.30. I see you there. I see you there on Friday nights. Show up next to you. Hey, man, I'm here. No. Say no. Just like drugs, just say no. Just say no. You know why? Because how he sees you, how much he cherishes you, how much he treasures you, How beautiful he sees you determines how long he'll chase. How beautiful he sees you. Those little boys, man, they won't last long. They'll move on to someone else and they'll keep asking. God, that wasn't for me. Thank you for a no being a yes to my destiny. You got to say no. His love for her. His treasure for her is going to push him to ways he never thought he could be at. And I think the most beautiful thing is when she says, yes, you can get my number. He's like, God, it's been six years. I think it's the same thing with God. He is hiding, church. He's hiding. Man, so many people fall from the faith because, man, are you seeking after him? How beautiful do you see God? How amazing and wonderful and majestic do you see God? Because he is worth the chase. Come on, somebody. He is worth it. He is worth it. He is worth it. Come on. I see God so beautiful. Amen. again, when God is absent, I think that God wants to do something amazing. And how you see God is how you chase him. How you see him is how you seek him. I want to be the type of believer that doesn't curse God when he's absent but actually gains more of a love for him because of what's going to come on the other side. Job 17, 9 says, the righteous keep moving forward and those with clean hands become stronger and stronger. Keep that verse up. It's kind of hard to seek after a holy God with dirty hands. I think the biggest thing that stops you from getting to where God wants you to be is sin. Grace goes such a far, a far away, but God wants to take you deeper than grace. God is more than grace. And I don't know what that means for you, but listen, God is more than just forgiving you all the time. He has some joy for you. He has some peace for you. He has so much for you. The righteous keep moving. How many people they're at? This is who I am. God wants me to join ministry and and I don't know if I can do that because I ain't really a people person. I still don't like the hugs they give out here, man. It's all right. Man, that sounds like a stuck Christian. That sounds like a Christian that's not moving forward. God is so good. He's so great but he's hiding. And man, the righteous with clean hands. The only way to seek after God truly is with a repentant heart. A heart that says, God, I'm turning away from everything and I'm seeking after you like never before. Here's the truth. If nothing good is easy to get, then only good things are worth the chase. If nothing good is easy to get, then the good things are worth the chase. Here's a question. Do you know the worth of God? Do you know how worth it is for God? Because let me tell you, if you ask Jesus that question, he said, man, you were worth it. I hung on a tree. Come on, my arms are spread wide. I took a death that was actually yours. I think you were worth it. Just last week, Dennis preached. Where's Dennis at? Hold up. Dennis preached. He said, listen, it's awesome that, you know, we love. I think the biggest scandal is that God loves us. I think the biggest scandal, come on, is that the hot model got with the nerd. We're ugly. And God is beautiful. That's the scandal. Man, you know, I love God. That's cool. You're supposed to. Look what he did for you. Look what he took you out of. You have every right to praise him every day, every second, every moment. I see, people worship like God didn't do nothing for them. Like they're still waiting on God to do something. I'm giving half worship today because God paid half my bills. What are you doing? God did something and it's in the cross 2,000 years ago. And you have every right to worship with all you got. How do you see God? Because that's how you chase him. How do you see God? How do you worship him, because that is actually the gasoline that pushes you towards seeking Him. I want to read a verse with you really quickly. First Chronicles 28.9. It's writing to his son Solomon. He says, as for you, my son, know the God of your father and serve Him with the whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands every intent of thoughts if you seek Him he will let you find him. That sounds like Jeremiah 29 verse 13 from a parent's perspective, doesn't it? Let's go back to that first verse. It says, if, son, know the God of your father. Know the God of your father. Listen, don't just come to church because I come to church. Get to know the God we worship Yes, Because mommy's in your hands. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm here to model, but listen, I need you to have a relationship with the God that I serve. You can't make it to heaven off my faith. We worship congregational, but salvation is personal. Solomon, Solomon, he's like, whoa, dad, you're crazy. Oh, my God. I got to start loving the God you love because God actually looks at the heart. God actually looks at the thing that runs everything that I do. Just being here on Sundays isn't enough. I got to actually love the dude. And it, I believe Solomon's mind began to change from religion to relationship." I'm not just filling the seat, man. I'm dying to know you. I'm dying to see you. Man, I got a message for the parents. Let your children see you seek. Let your children see you seek. You can't run off the fire of your young people. You need to have vision so they can push you forward. You need people to work the boat, but you need someone at the top, the captain with the big steering wheel saying, we're going to go this way. We're going to go that way. Vision. It's important in a family. And parents, listen. You need to let your you need to let your kids see you seek. Man, I remember growing up. The parents were always traveling. It's crazy. Like Seven year olds alone by themselves. Don't tell nobody. Called protective services or something. It's probably too late for that, right? Whatever. I remember being home alone. No one's there. And like, if you have been serving God as a young age, you this probably happened like three or four times. So like you thought the rapture happened, right? So I remember waking up, you know, brushing my teeth, kind of like um, what you call it? <laughs> home alone? And he's like, it's a little quiet in here. What's crazy is my parents left their clothes out on the floor because they were getting ready. So I had no idea what was going on, so I get out of my room, like Jonathan, you know, high voice, Gabby, like, okay, no. They should be here, right? They should be here, right? They should be here. I was judging. They should be here. I know what we were doing yesterday. They should be right here. Legit, I'll see my brother and my sister. I'm like, Mom, Dad? <laughs> Mom, Dad? They literally had their clothes laid out. I thought the rapture happened. It was crazy. And I saw Dad come out in his boxers. I was like, Daddy! <laughs> Put it in my room. Like, I'm just so happy to see you you Come on, back. Give me a hug, Pastor. Give me a hug. How you doing today? Man, I had so much faith in my parents because I see them first person in church, last person to leave. Worship start, man, I they still, probably still do this. They, they, they kneel down in the seat and they pray. My dad has scars on his knees for how long he's been praying, hours after hours. Man, I had a reverence for my parents. You know what, you know what actually pushed me in the worst moments of my life? My parents were praying for me. You know what motivated me to keep pushing forward? I'm like, my, my mom is praying for me right now. And my brother would tell you the only reason he's up here doing this thing, doing backflips in the name of Jesus, is because God was praying and God was using my mom to pray and to intercede. Man, parents, you need to let your children see you seek after God. You will convince them more than anything with your actions than your word. You will convince them more of this God and this gospel, more with how you live than what you say. How you walk is how I want to walk, not, ne- not necessarily how you talk. Parents, let your children see you seek because you will convince them with your love and the way you see the God that you believe in. I got something for the children. Children, seek after the God of your parents. Seek after the God of your parents and the young people in the house today. Because your parents praying fast doesn't mean that you don't have to. Just because your parents tithe and they believe in the vision of the church doesn't mean you don't have to. Listen, like I said, salvation is personal. When God goes, when we go to heaven, man, God is not going to introduce families. He's going to introduce people, persons, individuals. He was "Listen, good and faithful servant come in, not good and faithful family. Get to know the, the God of your parents. Personally, He did something with them. He wants to do something new in you. If we led the youth ministry, how my parents were led leading ministry, man, I don't know what we look like today. What, what's going on? But man, I believe that God has something for us in this generation, something new, something fresh with the fire of the oldies. Come on, somebody. Anybody believe in the Holy Spirit in this house? What would Christianity be like today if we just served the God of our parents and not the God of us? What would worship look like if we serve the god in fact, god wants to do something new it's not really about the method it's about the message and the message is personal man i got i got something else i got something for the singles any singles in the house listen see god and you will be sought after see god and you man i don't know about you spirituality is attractive I'm gonna be here too quick, cause I know this is a family service, and we got a lot of couples. But man, maybe the, the only thing missing in your marriage is actually loving God a lot. Maybe the only thing missing in your your appearance is actually appearing towards God once or two times a day. Here's the thing: I believe that you got to be so into the de- the things of God that someone has to meet God to find you. I believe you have to be so into the things of God and so deep in ministry and so deep into the house of God that if somebody wants to chase you, you get that I know him too moment. You ever had that moment with people? I know him too. You're talking to a stranger. Yeah, that's cool. You know, I know Raymond. You know Raymond? Yeah, I know Raymond. I know Raymond too. Imagine it happened in a relationship. Man, you're awesome. You're serving. You're beautiful. But man, I love God so much. You love God too. You were on Sunday, too, and I received the same thing. If you seek after God, if you are so into the things of God, man, ain't no boy. Boy, not man. Ain't no boy going to go down there to reach you. See someone with you in life. And God will do the rest. Amen. Amen. Christian, seek like there is no other way to live. Seek God like there is no other way to live. It says in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, it says, Enter through the narrow gate. That's the, that's the road to heaven. That's the road to new life. Enter, entering through the narrow gate. But then it says, wide is the gate and broad, the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. So just picture with me two roads. You got a small road. It's like most of the roads in Poitiana. I I don't like it. Really small. God bless the Poitiana campus. Really small roads. And then you got a really big one. You got John Young on one side. The Bible's saying the road to heaven is straight and narrow. Few will find it. But the road to destruction is as big as OPT. And many go through it. And many are running in the wrong directions. I need to seek God like there's no other way. Because what's gonna happen is if you ever been on a big road, you're going this way, but someone else is going this way. And and I don't know if you ever went jogging before. Has anybody jogged? I jogged for like two days once. It was awesome. I tried it. New Year's resolutions. I remember jogging around my neighborhood, and I love seeing group joggers, right? They're just awesome. Right? They're all like right. They're just having so much fun. And I'm like trying to speed up, like, yeah, wait up, yeah. Yeah, wait up, bro. Right? So you got a group of people jogging, and I remember trying to get a part of that. And maybe that same thing happens in your life. So a lot of people are going towards this, and you just flock towards it because, they, man, they're believing in it, and they're running with it. And you flock towards a lot of what other people are doing. I remember just running and, and trying to catch up with people. Hey, wait up, man. Listen, I think that's exactly the way that the Christian life is supposed to be. Great is the road that leads to destruction, and straight and narrow is the road that leads to heaven and to a new life. But man, what I believe is, is that if Christians run like there's no other way, people would turn around and join us. People would be so caught up in running their bad race. Come on, life is so hard without Jesus. Life is so boring. Life is so selfish. They're probably running with mirrors in their face just to see how they look while they're running. But then you got people of God walking right next to them, come on, running, and they're going to be like, wait, what are you doing? Because the truth is that people are running towards money. People are running towards fame. People are running towards acceptance. People are running towards drugs. People are running towards alcohol. People are running to all the wrong places. But, man, if people see the actual church of God that is running towards God like he's the only way, I think that your actual belief in God will push people to seek and after him. Christianity is the same thing. I pray the world sees us running happy. I pray the world, we preached this weeks ago, the world sees us running with our head up. Who is the God you serve when you're running the race of life depressed? You ever hear somebody tell the testimony and sound like they want to go back to the world? <laughs> Yo, back in the day, before I was in church, every single night. Da da da, right? And the man, are you running to God or are you running in circles? People can't follow you if you don't know where you're running. It's crazy. I want to be the type of church that's running after God so fiercely with our heads up. Let's run with a smile on our face. Let's run happy, joyful with the promises of God so that whoever crosses our path may look and say, why are you so happy? What are you doing? I remember we was having breakfast the other day with some young adults. And uh, the waiter goes, where y'all going tonight? What's up? We're like, church? <laughs> She's like, you guys got energy. You guys are alive. Like, what? She doesn't know we got the Holy Spirit in us. We're running towards the kingdom of heaven. Something about you that's supposed to stand out. Listen, that means that you're running in the right direction. That means you're running in the right direction. Can we have the whole church stand up? Listen, these next couple of moments. Save you out. You have not accepted Jesus as your personal savior. It's about to go down in a couple minutes. I don't know about you, but man, I love playing manhunt. Anybody love playing manhunt? You're uh, that's the ghetto version. The, The actual version is hide and seek. All right. There you go. You're welcome. Oh. Man, hide and seek is so much fun. You know what I believe? God is hiding. God isn't lost. He is existent, but he's absent sometimes. And this is what I believe. I believe a lost world. And he looked at his son, Jesus, and he said, Jesus, I need you to go down there and make a way for them. God, perfect and beautiful, looked into a dying, lost world. And he said to himself, Listen, I need to find these people. I need to find that woman. I need to find that man. And may we always be the church that has the heart of God because God wants to bring new people into this room. God wants to bring more salvation. So God is looking at the world, the lost world. We're so lost, so dirty. And what God did, he sent his son Jesus. And Jesus made a way. Does anybody believe in that today? He made a way. You know what that means? Let's do a worship team. I'm ready. You know what that means? That means that God was it and you were lost. And if you up to hide and seek, God found you. You know what that tells me? That when you bowed your knee one day, when you said yes to Jesus, when you came to this altar or any altar and you said, God, I want to serve you for the rest of my life, you were found. But guess what? You are it now! We hope this message has inspired you. As a place of hope, our church is committed to reach our community. If you'd like more information about new births, visit our website at nvplaceofhope.com.